The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke from the 10th chapter. After this, Jesus appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead in pairs to every town and place he intended to visit. He said to them, the harvest is rich, but the workers are few. Therefore, ask the overseer to send workers to the harvest. Be on your way and remember, I am sending you as lambs in the midst of wolves. Don't carry a walking stick or knapsack, wear no sandals, and greet no one along the way. In whatever house you enter, first say, peace be upon this house. If the people live peaceably there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will come back to you. Stay in that house, eating and drinking what they give you, for the laborer is worth a wage. Don't keep moving from house to house. In whatever city you enter, after they welcome you, eat what they set before you, and heal those who are sick in that town. Say to them, the reign of God has drawn near to you. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. In many ways, the themes of this season of creation have been humbling ones for us human creatures. Whether we acknowledge it or not, we usually place ourselves way above everything else in God's creation. And then we remember the trees as we did two weeks ago. Without them, we would soon breathe our last breath. Without them, we would go hungry and we would have a much poorer understanding of what it means to be rooted together as people and to grow strong and to produce fruits that nourish others. The same goes for the rivers that we remembered last week. Without their fresh water, it would be just a matter of time before we all perish. As our preacher reminded us, no water, no life, no blue, no green. And without the rivers, I think our spiritual imagination would dry up. We couldn't even imagine who God is, I don't think, without the image of a flowing force that goes through all creation. And today it is bees that bring us to our knees. Albert Einstein once said, if the bee disappeared off the surface of the globe, then humans would only have four years of life left. He pressed the point further by saying, no more bees, no more pollination, no more plants, no more animals, no more humans. It was a theory, of course, but Einstein had a pretty good track record in that department. <laughs> Today it's estimated that honeybees provide pollination for 60% of our fruits and vegetables and that the economic value of this in the United States is more than $14 billion annually. That in itself should humble us. But in the end, it's not the productivity of bees that takes center stage on this Bee Sunday. Even more important to us as God's creatures is the way of life, the way of life that they model for us. In a colony of bees, there is a spirit of unselfish cooperation that puts all of our efforts, our best efforts at community building to shame. 
In his book called The Wisdom of Bees, Michael O'Malley says that the organizing theme of every hive is that everything is done for the good of the whole. Imagine if we could say the same thing about every human community. In the 1940s, Pope Pius tried to get Christians to think in this way. Speaking to a large gathering, he said, bees are models of social life and activity in which each member has its duty to perform and performs it without envy, without rivalry, and in the order and position assigned to each with care and love. And then he said, Ah, if people could and would listen to the lesson of the bee. If everyone knew how to enjoy, love, and use the little treasures accumulated away from home during the working day, if only they knew how to assimilate without jealousy and pride the riches acquired by contact with others, and to develop them in their turn by reflection and the work of our own minds and hearts. When we are at our best, we take this instinctive wisdom to heart and we turn it into action. And I think that's exactly what St. Paul is talking about in that second reading today in the beehive known as the body of Christ, Paul says, there is a variety of gifts, but always the same spirit. There is a variety of ministries, but we serve the same one. There is a variety of outcomes, Paul says, but the same God is working in all of them. Last week, I watched YouTube videos about bees. And I learned about the great variety of ministries that worker bees perform every day in order for the colony to survive. I learned, too, that worker bees have to be creative and responsive to community needs whenever they arise. My favorite bee clip was one where hundreds of them banded together to form a land bridge that their sisters could walk across. It made me think of all the varieties of ministries that have to be done here every day in order for this congregation to survive and to fulfill our mission. In the first reading today from Genesis, we learned that this communal way of acting comes straight to us from our Creator. When God is getting ready to fashion earth creatures out of the moist humus, God doesn't say, let me make humankind in my image. Instead, God says, let us make humankind in our image. Holy collaboration, it seems, is actually the very essence of God. Since she is a beekeeper, I asked Pastor Shervin to name some of the lessons that she learned from bees. And collaboration is the first thing that came to mind for her. She described it as a remarkable process of cooperation guided by a vision that is shared by every bee in the hive. She also talked about the great vulnerability that comes with this interrelatedness. 
If every bee didn't do their part, the result would be mass starvation and complete destruction of the colony. While I was watching those YouTube videos about bees, I also watched clips of Greta Thunberg, the 16-year-old Swedish girl who was in the United States last week to testify before Congress during hearings around climate change and to participate in the New York climate strike on Friday. Speaking with clear focus, she said, humanity is now standing at a crossroads. We must decide which path we want to take. How do we want the future living conditions for all living species to be? The word I was never used when she talked about the massive effort that is actually needed at this critical point in time for us to survive. By midday on Friday, it was inspiring to see tens of thousands of people filling the streets of New York, and from above, it looked like a giant swarm of bees moving through the city, creating a new colony. The march was led there and in many other cities around the world by children, for the most part. Children who are calling on every human being to be a part of the great collaboration that is needed at this moment in time. In several of the interviews that Greta gave during the week, people asked her how she could remain hopeful given the magnitude of the crisis and the limited ability that each person has to make any kind of real difference. Her answers made it sound like she'd also been watching YouTube videos about bees. And in, in an entire lifetime, each worker bee produces less than one teaspoon of honey. It's a tiny amount, really, when you consider all of the tireless work and commitment that she commits to the good of the whole. And with a lifespan of two to four weeks, each bee has to give everything she has for something much bigger that will only be realized after she is gone. As Greta said, we have to continue on no matter what because giving up cannot be an option. If I hear him right, that is what Jesus is talking about. The same kind of commitment that Jesus is demanding when he sends out worker bees in our gospel today. The harvest is rich, Jesus says, so ask the overseer to send workers into the harvest. He himself is in the process of giving every ounce of his strength and commitment to a movement that would produce small results in his lifetime and would only really gain momentum after his death. But Jesus was guided by a vision that was all-consuming. That's the vision and the passion that I am praying for during this season of creation. And if it is critically important in the movement to change everything in our way of life that's contributing to global warming, it is also critical in the movement to restore health to our rivers and forests and to the creatures and living organisms of all kinds that depend on them as we do. 
Finally, this is the vision and the passion that is needed in every part of our life together, in our closest relationships with family members and friends, in our community here at St. Mark's, and in the world around us. Holy collaboration is the key to everything. In the language of the New Testament, this is what the reign of God looks like. So every time we say we instead of me, and every time we set self-interest aside and speak and act for the good of the whole, we proclaim with Jesus that the reign of God is drawing near to us. And for that promise and hope, thanks be to God. Amen.